Increased use of financial technology or fintech during the COVID-19 pandemic has provided households in Asia and the Pacific with more efficient and shock-resilient financial services access and also helped the region's micro, small, and medium-sized enterprises remain economically viable by offering faster and cheaper financial services than traditional banking. However, economies and communities may be unable to reap the financial inclusion benefits of fintech without sufficient levels of digital and financial literacy and digital payment infrastructure development. A recent virtual conference organized by the ADBI, the Asian Development Bank, and the Cambridge Center for Alternative Finance at the University of Cambridge Judge Business School examined the role and impact of fintech during the pandemic. In this podcast, ADBI Research Fellow John Byrne discusses some of the key insights from the event, as well as the implications for policymakers going forward. Hi, John. Thank you for joining Asia's Developing Future. Can you start by explaining how COVID-19 has impacted fintech growth in Asia and the Pacific? Before discussing the COVID-19 effect, it's important to bear in mind that fintech had already been developing very strongly in Asia and the Pacific over the past decade or so, helped by the region's smooth adoption of digitalization more broadly, notably in the area of digital payment systems. The backdrop for the continued development of fintech firms in Asia and the Pacific has been ideal. The region has benefited from leapfrogging technology using mobile and internet-based solutions with businesses and consumers alike being very accustomed to operating in a digital world. In such an environment, the availability of credit by both fintech and big tech firms in Asia and the Pacific has grown significantly in recent years. The onset of COVID-19 led to an acceleration in the pace of digitalization, particularly in fintech. Low levels of financial inclusion in Asia have also contributed to the growth of fintech in the region, with the proportion of adults having traditional bank accounts being less than 50% in many economies, particularly in Southeast Asia. Insurance and wealth management financial services are also characterized as being low in penetration, which has created a fertile ground for fintech growth. This, of course, has been brought more to the fore due to the pandemic. As a result of COVID-19, businesses, firms, as well as governments were forced to adopt digital solutions in order to carry out their tasks and meet their objectives. What types of fintech services and related areas have experienced the highest level of demand during the pandemic? A recent survey conducted by the Cambridge Centre for Alternative Finance at the University of Cambridge Judge Business School and the World Bank indicated that at the global level, the pandemic led to the highest increase in demand for fintech services related to digital payments and remittances. Costs associated with cross-border remittances can be considerably lower than compared to traditional channels via fintech in digital payments. The lower remittance costs are particularly important in the midst of the pandemic where the overall remittance level is less. Where countries are subject to strict containment and lockdown measures, the demand for these services by fintech providers is even higher, including cashless payments and digital identification methods. In Asia and the Pacific, digital lending and digital capital raising facilities have also been highly utilized during the pandemic. The pandemic also increased demand for life and health insurance coverage, creating further opportunities for fintech growth. Discussions by central banks globally on issuing central bank digital currency have also progressed further during the pandemic, including in Asia. What about the development of fintech firms in the region? Can you talk a bit about the outlook for them as a result of the pandemic? 
As regards the firms themselves, the startup nature of many fintech firms enabled them to respond rapidly to the pandemic without the constraints posed by legacy technology. As the pandemic has been ongoing for more than 12 months already in most parts of Asia, with economies more focused on economic recovery, fintech firms have been able to benefit from new opportunities provided by the substantial growth in digital financial services and e-commerce. COVID-19 has forced fintech firms to rethink their business models in order to progress further going forward. Social distancing has increased demand for neobanks in Asia, while traditional banks are also demonstrating a keenness to collaborate with fintech firms in digital financial services provision. Looking ahead, there will appear to be an upward growth trajectory for fintech post-pandemic, not only in Asia, but also globally, with the continued flexibility and innovation of fintech firms enabling efficiency and service provision across a wide range of sectors. There is also a strong feedback loop in Asia as regards fintech adoption, driving innovation, and vice versa. Moreover, competition is becoming stronger in Asia in the virtual banking space. There are also, of course, potential risks to sustained growth related to security concerns and addressing potential financial stability risks as regulation of fintech becomes an ever more important policy area. In the case of the latter, many economies in Asia and around the world have created regulatory sandboxes to enable digital innovation in the financial sector, while also so monitoring and managing the emergence of financial stability risks. What are the implications of these trends for firms and households in the region? While COVID-19 has had disproportionate negative economic effects on micro, small and medium-sized enterprises and poor households, fintech providers have played an important role in mitigating these effects, notably in Asia. The increased use of fintech during the pandemic has been an important aspect in enabling many MSMEs to remain economically viable, with financial services being faster, more efficient and cheaper than traditional banking. Moreover, P2P lending and crowdfunding have been important sources of finance for MSMEs during the pandemic. In addition, digital financial inclusion has helped to provide households with access to financial services in an efficient manner, mitigating the economic ramifications of COVID-19. The important role of fintech during the pandemic in providing respite to vulnerable groups needs to be highlighted, particularly due to its contribution to enhancing digital financial inclusion, lowering inequality and stimulating more balanced economic growth. Due to the rapid response of fintech at the outset of the pandemic, communities in remote areas continued to be able to obtain crucial financial services, such as those related to disbursement of government relief funds. In addition, fintech provided important support to the informal or gig economy, which is a sector that is typically underserved by traditional banking. One of the effects of COVID-19 was to spotlight the needs of those who are not part of the traditional banking system. Fintech provides a conduit for these people through through effective collaboration with financial institutions and national governments, as well as the retail sector. Finally, the increased use of digital finance solutions also highlighted a number of policy areas that need to be focused on in order to achieve even greater financial inclusion effects from COVID, which I will discuss later. What are some of the hurdles to achieving financial inclusion through the development of fintech? The increased use of fintech, particularly during the pandemic, has highlighted a number of key policy areas that should be focused on to maximize its impact on financial inclusion. Achieving financial inclusion through fintech also depends on a range of cross-cutting factors. One of the main hurdles relates to the level of digital literacy and financial literacy across countries. Without having a sufficient level of competence in these areas, 
economies and communities may be unable to reap the benefits of fintech. In Asia and the Pacific, there is a significant amount of heterogeneity in digital financial literacy level, which means that the rate of diffusion and take-up of digital financial services differs across the region. Addressing deficits in digital and financial literacy is therefore of crucial importance. Another factor impeding the financial inclusion impact of fintech relates to insufficient levels of development in digital payments infrastructure, internet connectivity, and broadband penetration. In Asia and the Pacific, some economies are particularly less developed in this respect than others, such as in parts of Southeast Asia. Finally, a lack of trust in digital finance can be a factor, and this is closely related to concerns about data privacy and consumer protection. What is your advice to policymakers in Asia and the Pacific for addressing these challenges moving forward? In order to address these challenges, policymakers need to ramp up efforts aimed at improving both digital literacy and financial literacy. As a first step, national authorities should be fully aware of the scale of the digital financial education needs through a comprehensive assessment, particularly for vulnerable groups. The OECD International Network on Financial Education recommended in 2019 that countries should establish and implement national strategies to ensure a coordinated approach to financial education, including the following aspects. One, recognize the importance of financial education at the national level. Two, ensuring cooperation with relevant stakeholders on identifying a coordinating body. Three, establishing a roadmap to support the achievement of objectives and targets. Four, providing guidance on individual programs to be implemented under the national strategy in order to efficiently and appropriately contribute to the overall strategy. And five, incorporating monitoring and evaluation processes to assess the progress of the strategy and amend it accordingly. The issues highlighted by the OECD aimed at improving financial literacy should also apply to digital financial literacy and education. In addition, greater investment is needed in IT infrastructure to improve levels of internet connectivity in the region and to develop a more inclusive digital infrastructure landscape. It is also worth noting that while Asia and the Pacific is at the forefront in terms of the growth of e-commerce and fintech adoption, it is important for regulators to strike a good balance between enabling the maximum benefits of digitalization while also ensuring that consumers and firms are sufficiently protected. The rapid acceleration of fintech also poses financial stability risks, particularly related to regulation, which have perhaps been amplified in the current environment. Therefore, while fintech has provided clear benefits to vulnerable groups, in particular during the pandemic, in order for the growth of fintech to be sustainable, it will be necessary to mitigate risks posed to financial stability and hurdles related to cybersecurity through effective regulation and supervision. This has been Asia's Developing Future, brought to you by the Asian Development Bank Institute in Tokyo. See the show notes for the transcript and related material. For more information about us, please visit adbi.org.